Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I am Meg Walter in studio with Eli McCann on the phone with Shelby Hintzy. Shelby, there's another podcast that comes out of the Beehive called the Beehive Daily hosted by Clint Betts and Chris Rawl. And Clint Betts has been promoting Strangerville Live, the show in which you will be performing. And he has been pronouncing your name Shelby Hintz for weeks now yeah how does that how does that make you feel well obviously he doesn't know enough hintzy mormons because (laughs) that's what i said i said there were 80 hintzies in my high school at least how do you not know a single hintzy see if if we were in utah i would totally let it slide but the fact that we're in utah yeah and you know we are a strong little mormon family there so yeah we've been well, he, he, we we called him out on it like a week ago and he's been apologizing on a daily basis yeah. for what he did okay. yeah Good. so there's that yeah Good. it'll never be enough but it's something <laughs> all right he can send me gifts and flowers and i'll yeah. let him know yeah. thanks um shelby thank That's you cool. so much for joining us for this episode of high yeah, brain thanks for having me. we are thrilled to have you uh we are going to start by talking about what we've been watching in the last week uh, Eli, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you've been watching? Okay, I, I'll start. I've watched a few things that are out of character for me. I Okay, so we had our conversation last week on Hive Mind about Hereditary, which scared me and Meg almost to death. <laughs> and then after that, I started doing all this like research online about what are the scariest movies, because Meg's husband, Stephen, like, kind of told me and Meg that maybe we just haven't seen scary movies if we thought Hereditary was scary. Can I interject here? Yes. So I was listening to another podcast and the subject of Hereditary came up and someone said that they watched Hereditary and then they had to watch A Bug's Life twice in a row. Uh Twice. Uh Start to finish two times before they could fall asleep. And Steven (laughs) said, Hopper in A Bug's Life is scarier to me than Hereditary. So I think that Steven is maybe just an insane person. He's insane. Well, so I keep thinking more and more about what we talked about last time, which was you and I had said that it just depends on what scares you. And for Steven, it sounded like maybe supernatural stuff doesn't scare him so much. Right. And for you and me, like serial killer doesn't like leave a lasting impact on us. We're more scared of the ghosts and the aliens. Well, so I was looking online and I found all these lists of like people who had written about, you know, what are the top 10 scariest movies of all time? And on several lists, the number one scariest movie of all time that was listed was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is not a film I have ever been interested in because I am not interested in the slasher genre. I don't like gore. Serial killers or what or the like are not typically scary to me. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this thing for like historic context, you know, whatever else. And it was horrifying. Really? It was so... Yeah, that's a big fat nope for me. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby, have you ever watched it? No. I, my, so my things that scare me are like serial killers and kind of paranormal things because the things that mm. are real, because I do think some of those like paranormal things are real if you yeah. let them be. Um, but like aliens and stuff like that doesn't bother me. But serial killers, yeah. real people doing doing terrible things. No, thank you. Yeah. So I I couldn't. I actually fast forwarded a lot. 
<laughs> because you watched I, five minutes of it. <laughs> probably because I can't. I cannot do gore, and so whenever there was like something happening that I knew was going to be gory, I would look down. I was knitting, so I'd look down at my knitting and just listen, or I would start fast forwarding because it was too much. But it is so scary. The people in it, the antagonists are horrifying. And the way the movie ends is just like incredibly unsettling. Spoiler alert. After like an hour and a half of running from the chainsaw massacre person, um, this woman is able to jump into the back of a stranger's truck as it's driving away. And she has a meltdown, like hysteria attack as she's covered in blood. And the chainsaw guy is just standing on the road watching her drive away. And that's the end of the movie. And there's like no resolution. And so anyway, I don't recommend it to anybody, but I I have now found a serial killer movie that does scare me. Then last night I decided to watch finally Babadook. Babadook? Okay, so you texted me thirty minutes in and said nothing is happening in this movie. I'm so bored. It was so boring. Really? Is it were you ever scared? Never. But it's a scary movie. It's supposed to be. During what was supposed to be the scariest scene, I was actually laughing because I can't take the Babadook seriously. Because it's a guy in a top hat, right? It's just like this cartoon that like wiggles and wobbles on the side of the room and never like actually hurts anyone. Shelby, have you seen the Babadook? I have not. And I that's another one that I just like I, I'm sure that it's not like actually scary, but I probably would still have nightmares about it. Well, okay, so here, here's the thing, though. Like, I think that maybe I just watched it with the wrong eyes because so Skyler came into the room when there were like 15 minutes left and he watched the last 15 minutes with me and he was like, well, it's not scary in like the hereditary sense. It's more scary in like the Black Swan sense, if you've ever seen Black Swan, because mm-hmm. he's like, I think the whole thing was a metaphor for this mother having a mental breakdown and that, like, if you watch it with those eyes, maybe it is kind of like an unsettling, sad, scary movie. I've heard it called, like, a meditation on grief. Yeah, a, a metaphor for, you know, what it, what it looks like when a family is going through loss. And so w- I got thinking about it after, and I was like, maybe it was kind of a cool movie, and I just didn't give it enough credit because I was expecting, like, basically a ghost movie. Yeah. But instead, every time the Babadook came out, I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so stupid to me. Every time I hear the Babadook, I think of that photo someone posted on Twitter where they showed up to a Halloween party and they thought everyone else was dressing up. And so he dressed like the Babadook and no one else dressed up. <laughs> so it's him at the table dressed as the Babadook and like no one else is in costume. <laughs> on Halloween this year, I had this moment of fear in the elevator at work that it wasn't actually Halloween. <laughs> oh my gosh. Show. What if it's not really Halloween and I'm the only one dressed up? And you're, I knew it was Halloween. Your ha- your Halloween costume, Shelby, for work was so funny. Incredible. Tell tell everybody what yeah. you did. Um, I was Stefan, and it was super easy. I just, like, found a T-shirt at the kids' section at Target and uh-huh. bought those, like, tattoo sleeves thing, <laughs> nylon things. And then uh, I have the right haircut, which is kind of concerning yeah. um, <laughs> but I and then I like dyed my hair just like with one of those um, uh, root spray things which actually worked pretty well so if you're trying to cover up some grace yeah. they actually work pretty well okay good, good to, to know, know. Um, so there you go and um, no one at work got it what and that's okay 
I got it immediately because yeah. it, it was Stefan from um, like Weekend Update on SNL. Right. And uh, yes. well, I was scrolling through like my Instagram and saw a picture and I actually thought it was because I follow SNL on Instagram and I thought it was just an SNL post. And then I saw it again later and I was like, oh, no, that's Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was I amazing. Should, that, should, like, that makes me feel really happy and also really concerned. <laughs> um, I do have facial blindness. Thank you. So there is that. Okay. I mean, the Bill Hader and Shelby. Like Bill <laughs> I think you can tell the difference. Stefan doesn't look like Bill Hader. Bill Hader, though. Bill Hader, like, transforms himself. He's just far like, more feminine just, than Stefan. Yes. Just like Shelby transformed herself and became Stefan, so does Bill Hader. <laughs> okay, that's all I've been watching. Right. Okay, Shelby, what have you been watching? Okay, so, first of all, you guys are going to laugh at me because um, this is, like, not new, but I'm, like, an evangelist for Madam Secretary. Oh, my gosh, you guys. <laughs> um, Yay! <laughs> I will tell everybody that they need to watch it, and mm. I watch it uh, basically every week. I try to watch it, like, on TV when it's on, on Sunday nights Yeah, um, on CBS because I am 65 years old. Um, <laughs> no, but really. Because... It's you well, two and my parents and- <laughs> yeah. who are watching Madam Secretary. Shelby, we're, we're 50% of the viewership of Madam <laughs> Secretary. <laughs> okay, I don't watch the people who watch it. Okay. Like... I really do. I promise. Are they all baby boomers? (laughs) No. Some of them. Not all of them. Yeah. Go on. Um, They have, it has a millennial contingent. Okay. Um, So I just love it because it's like, I'm very a politically minded person. Mm -hmm. um, And they take a lot of things that are happening right now in politics, but then, like, make them end nicely. Yeah. And, like, if the good people were in, in charge. charge. Um, yeah. Like the West Wing. And then... Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, and then I love... Like, all of the characters are great, and it has really great representation, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then just, like, the family relationship... It's so good. Yeah. Like, it's not without, um, you know, conflict. It's still there, but it's resolved in a healthy and mature way. Um, Whenever there is problems, either within the marriage or within, you know, the family with the kids. Yeah. I just, it's just delightful, and it makes me so happy. And I was just telling my roommate today, like, I watched it last night, and I was really sad that I watched it last night because... Then I couldn't watch it today. Yeah, it's it's like a um, it's like a show that I feel like is a warm blanket being wrapped around me. I I don't have to pay that much attention to it, and it's but it's it just like makes me happy mostly because I love Taya Leone and Tim Daly, and I'll watch them do anything. But yes, yep. yeah, and just all the characters have. There's like nobody that you really dislike, even mm-hmm. the people that you're supposed to dislike. You kind of understand. Yeah, and. Um, it's just nice. And <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes we just need nice things. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, so that's the one that anytime anybody asks me, what are you watching? It's super old and this is the last season, but I'm still going to tell them to watch it. Yeah. Um, and then also I have been watching um, Modern Love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how is it? Um, I have enjoyed it. 
Um, I've like read a lot about it and kind of seen some mixed reviews. It's nothing groundbreaking or amazing or, again, it's just kind of a nice viewing. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't watched the episode with the girl who goes out with the guy that looks like her dad because that's just too <laughs> weird for me. Um, I did read the essay, and the essay was a little uncomfortable. So I was just like, eh, I'm not going to paint this with that one. But the rest of them have been really good. And I love the essays. Um, so it's fun to see how they took this written essay and put it on screen. And they're you know, a little different. Um, and then it's been fun to go back and read. Um, in the Modern Love column, they've done, they've gone back and, you know, interviewed the original essayists to see where they are now. And so that's been kind of fun too. To, it's been like a multi-platform experience, which I'm totally into. Cool. Love that. Cool. So I would recommend them as just something fun and nice. Don't think you're going to like learn anything okay. grandiose or that, anything. That's our kind of TV. Enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything okay. else from you? All right. That's what I got. Okay. Uh, so I, after finishing Hereditary, couldn't stop thinking about it, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just had to know what else Ari Aster has done. Mm. And at first I was resistant to watching Midsommar. Um, after being assured, though, that it wasn't that scary, I agreed to watch it. Um, and I actually... Who told you that? What was that? Who told who you? Who told you it was not that scary? Uh, my husband, who thinks Hopper from The Bug's Life is scarier <laughs> than Hereditary. Yeah, he's not a good litmus test. But he, have you seen it, Shelby? No, I read the Wikipedia page, <laughs> and I'm concerned that there are people walking among us who could come up with something like that. Okay, it's actually, I, at the end of the movie, I was like, oh, that's a very dark comedy. It's Uh-oh. actually kind of fun. Uh, Which is almost more concerning. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 100% morbid. But you know when you read a kind of morbid short story, that kind of weird sense of satisfaction you get? Like, my favorite short story is A Rose for Emily. Have you read A Rose from, for Emily? Never read it. By Faulkner. Um, yes, I don't remember it, but I know I've read it. Okay, go back and read A Rose for Ellen. Emily, and there's kind of this like, oh, that's creepy, but I love it sense. That's how I felt about Midsommar. Mm. Um, it's creepy, but I love it. It's really fascinating. Uh, I thought it was really great performances all around. Uh, we also saw Parasite, mm. which is so buzzy right now. Um, it is. What is it about? Oh, it's really kind of hard to give you a quick sentence or two description but it's about class okay is it a horror film no yeah well no it's also kind of a dark comedy that could be horror but it's mm. not it's not i'm a listen i wasn't scared okay um it's boo- I've heard like- oh go ahead no i was just gonna say it's the korean director who did snow piercer i will butcher his name if i try and say it okay uh shelby what were you gonna say I've heard, like, the less you know going into it, the better. Yeah, okay. I, I would agree with that. Okay. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun movie to watch, and it's funny, and it's dark, and it has a lot to say for itself. Yeah. 
Um, it won the Cannes Palm, whatever. Oh, okay. Um, so very, it's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Like it's a critic darling. Okay. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it does come Oscar season. If it will maybe be put up for Best Picture instead of just Best Foreign Film, kind of like Roma mm. was. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh, really recommend Parasite. It was we saw it at the Broadway, and it was the first time I've ever waited in line at the Broadway to get into a movie. Really, it is selling out. Yeah. Is it only showing at small theaters like the Broadway? I think so at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you want to see it, go see it. At the yeah, Broadway. I'm, I'm going to see it on Wednesday. So let I me, will report back. Yeah, let me know what you think. Um, and then the Great British Bake Off finale. Mm-hmm. Have we all watched it? Yes. Shelby. No. Are you uh, going to? I, no, you can, you okay. can talk about it. I, I was surprised. Yeah. And um, because... S- yeah, spoiler s- here. S- this is a spoiler, but Steph was oh. far and away. She won so many Star I Bakers. wanted her to win so bad. And she's so darling. She just kind of fell apart and at the end. And it broke my heart. But there's this very tender moment when mm. Paul Hollywood gives Steph a hug. Because yeah. Steph is crying and she knows that she's not going to win. Yeah. And the hug between them two was the real trophy for me. It, it was really, really sweet. It was a very, very she, touching moment. She, she broke down in a way that not... Some of the contestants, when they break down in the past, I've been like a little bit annoyed because they're, they're whiny about it. And she was not whiny about it. She broke down in a way that was very relatable. So going into the last episode, there's like this quick interview with her mom where her mom like implies that maybe Steph has had like a, a really rough year, but she doesn't say why. Yeah. And she's like, this has been really good for her because she, things have not been very easy for her. And in, in this last episode, there's this part where they're doing the technical challenge and everybody's doing their thing. And Steph like misunderstands the recipe and really screws it up. Yeah. And the other two do not. And she just, her eyes fill with tears and she just says, I feel so stupid right now. And it, and it's like, not like a, oh, I did a dumb thing. It, it was like a very like sad, re- like self-reflection. Like, I feel like I'm not a smart person. Ugh. And I started just like crying. And I was because like, who hasn't been there? Oh, no, it was so relatable. And then she just could never recover in the finale. She just really like struggled. And so when Paul Hollywood at the end goes and gives her that hug and is like, there, you, they have nothing to be you know sad about never mind now yeah he says never mind now stuff and it was just like it was just it was a very lovely episode and so sad for her human show yeah yeah um so that i'm a little concerned now that this season is over like my mental health is going to suffer (laughs) i'm not sure where else to turn (laughs) for solace i know maybe that's what i do just start with season one pretend i'm back and watch nancy again season one and and mary barry was there like yeah uh, Prue is great. Which season, which season had the girl that was like 17? Are you talking about Ruby? And she just got married. Oh. And oh, they like I, all went to her wedding. and like, I think that was the first season. Yeah, because Ian made the baked Alaska. Time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember yeah, her name. Yeah, that's the only though. one I've watched, and it was delightful. Oh, they're all and delightful. And I need to get, yeah. I need to get into it again. But. Yeah. Uh, we had a conversation, Eli and I did, about the format because Netflix released them weekly. Yeah. Whereas before you could watch the whole season at your own pace, this time they released it once a week. And I guess you could wait till the end of the season to watch all of them. But who wants to do that? 
I was not as into this season as I was into previous seasons because I think it's a show you binge. Yeah. I think you watch it a couple episodes at a time at a minimum. Right. We couldn't keep track of their names. Like I could not remember anyone's name until the last episode. And then I finally remembered Steph's name. I was not nearly as invested as I was in the past. Yeah. Which is too bad. And I wonder if they'll redo it. Mm -hmm. That would be a whole interesting thing of like what kind of shows are better to watch one at a time. Yeah. Because I think there are a lot of shows that I like watching one at a time because it's like something to look forward to. Right. right. Um, but that totally makes sense. Like, but there are also just some that are meant to be binged. I, yeah. I'd rather binge reality shows and I'd rather pace uh, dramas. Yeah. Well, and there's shows like Breaking Bad where if you watch more than one in a row, you'd be you a die. disaster. Yeah, you just m- mentally yeah, you'd melt. Yeah. You'd melt into a puddle of <laughs> yeah. sad. Uh, but that's Netflix's new thing is they're doing weekly releases uh, because Netflix is just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And it'll be interesting to see if there are shows that are successful in doing that and shows mm-hmm. where they will release it all at once as they have historically. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about what we came here to talk about. We mm-hmm. all saw this weekend the Taika Watiti film Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say that we all found it delightfully yes. charming. easily easily my favorite movie i've seen this year that's a pretty low bar i haven't seen very many good films this year yet okay well we're we're heading into good film season that's right like we're just starting to get into that um but i was thinking about it this is the first time in a movie theater this year that i walked out and was like i really love that so eli as the movie was about to start i got like this happy feeling sitting there and i was like why am i so happy right now i was like (gasps) movie season yeah it's this is an exciting time yes the good movies are coming it's gonna be a great few months and this was a good start uh before we get into why we loved it so much let's do a quick little synopsis this is a movie about a 10 year old boy named jojo which is short for johansson johan Johan. (laughs) thank you i had forgotten uh whose imaginary friend is hitler uh, I think it's important to say that it's not the actual Hitler. Mm-hmm. It's the 10-year-old's version of Hitler, who he believes Hitler to be, because this 10-year-old is not aware of the true atrocities of who Hitler is and what he has done yeah. to Germany. Um, that's kind of all I want to say about what the movie is. Let's get into why we liked it as much as we did. Shelby, tell us what you loved about it. So I thought it was just charming. The so I so first of all, I will say if you like are kind of worried about this like farce of Hitler, um, I went and read some reviews from like Jewish critics to see what they thought about it, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them said that they liked it as well. Because I definitely was a little worried about that. Yeah, and Taika himself is half Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt a little bit more comfortable about him kind of poking fun at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved, um, the, like the kids in it are fabulous. Yeah. Um, his little friend Yorkie, um, was so just charming and all children should be like him. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, and I loved they, their little friendship, and like, they gave each other hugs when they saw each other, and they were like, "Oh, you're my best friend," and just loved that. Um, it, amid all of this like 
hyper-masculinity, they were like just little boys who were friends. And I just thought that was delightful. Uh, Um, Shelby, back to your point about being nervous um, about the portrayal of Hitler. I feel comfortable saying that the movie more than calmed that fear for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially by the end, I was like, oh, this is not a concern. There are still parts of the movie where I'm like, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Hitler aspect of it, I think, is if you're worried about it, is not something you need to be worried about. Yeah. And something that I read that I really liked was that uh, it's not a movie about the Holocaust. Right. Um, It's a movie about this little boy. Yes. And what it was like for him and his family and the people around him Mm -hmm. um, growing up during this time. So if you remember that as well, that also helps, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there were some parts of it, too, that were just so... There's one scene that I remember just thinking, this is so ridiculous. And I thought, you know, it almost made me uncomfortable how ridiculous it was, mm-hmm. which was the point, I think, because war and this whole idea of um, white supremacy and a master race is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And we should, it should make us very uncomfortable. It should be um, mocked on some level. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think it, you know, it's not some, I, you're not going to like learn some very profound lesson about the Holocaust or what it was like, but I thought it was a good portrayal of just what it was like for kids. I think it's hard to remember that people were like living their lives while mm-hmm. all of this was happening. Yeah. And then trying to live just normal lives as war was going on around them. Yeah. Um, and these horrible atrocities and not, and not really understanding all that was happening. We have a lot of hindsight into what was actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, not to excuse any behavior, um, but it was really interesting to see it from a child's perspective. It's yeah. interesting that the movie takes place at the end of the war when it becomes pretty apparent that there's a lot of Nazis who are kind of employed by a pointless bureaucracy Mm -hmm. um, and Mm -hmm. kind of just have the job to have the job until the job is over. Yeah. I thought the movie did a good job of showing like there, there were people who were like, this is dumb. This is ending. Why are we still doing this? I'm still getting my paycheck. I guess this is what I'm doing. Right. Um, Right. And kind of the dichotomy of that with Jojo's like fanaticism for the Nazi party and his having to and, like, reconcile one, that. And neither one is okay. Like, right. they're both the fanaticism and just the complacency yeah. are not okay. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting. And in they're, that. And they're, both, ab- and they're both, well. both absurd in, in different ways, but sometimes to the same ends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Eli, what did you like about it? So... Similar to what Shelby said, I I thought it was going to be a huge risk that they made really a Nazi, the protagonist of this film that you're supposed to like relate to and find endearing and charming and whatever else. And when I had seen the previews to this movie, I, I saw that it was depicted that there was this kid who had Hitler was his imaginary friend and he was this very enthusiastic child Nazi. And then he 
comes across a, a Jewish girl who's hiding, and and I just sort of assumed that the plot of the movie would be, and upon meeting her, you know, he completely changes his mind and then tries to protect her and save her and whatever else. And it, it, to an extent, that's kind of the plot. But what I found surprising and actually really clever um, storytelling was that he didn't flip his ideology for her, uh, at least not outright. He, like, had the ideology. He leaned into the ideology, which was, like, you are somebody that is lesser than me and whatever Wear else. your horns. Yeah, where are your horns? He had all of these, like, biases against her. But then he slowly made exception for her, and he just did it, it continually until you suddenly get to the end of the film and realize that his exception swallowed the, the ideology altogether. And I thought they did a really nice job, like, painting that subtly and showing, like, the impact that this one person was able to have on him over time by, like, conversing with him and being, like, patient with to, with him to a level that, like, most of us would never be expected to be. Right. Um, and, and I think that that only worked because he was a kid. Like I, I think I would have been, Definitely. I think I would have been annoyed with the film if we were dealing with adults having that kind of dynamic. But like there was this child innocence that I could watch this and find it charming because there's really no, not really a lot of bite to what their ideologies are because they're just children. Well, and JoJo's an inherently good kid. Yeah. is the kind of the movie's point and was yeah. when he learned what it meant, what a Jewish person actually was. Yeah. He was no longer a Nazi. As she pointed out to him, you are not a Nazi. Yeah, you realize, like, you've become not a Nazi. And it's sort of, it, it, in the same way that, like, you become what you become as a child just by the limited experiences getting and lessons getting pounded into your head, he, like, unbecame what he had become as a child because the lessons were sort of undone in front of him. And I think it, I think it's a a really fascinating concept that is not typically done very well because child actors usually can't sell it. And I think that writers of films that are trying to portray like heavy topics in a childlike manner don't do that very well because they give the kids like these really cheap, this really cheap dialogue, yeah. like hammy kind of interaction. And I think that part of why they were able to do it in this film is because the film itself was supposed to be whimsical. And so they were able to like get a lot of that child, like whimsical nature out through just like the artistry that was like the cinematography and the fact that there was this very cartoonish um, imaginary friend who was sort of playing off of this child and they were able to tell like a really compelling story underneath all of that whim- whimsical uh, storytelling. So, yes. What about you, Meg? What did I like about yeah. it? Yeah, uh, I agree with Shelby. I think that the kids are spectacular. I think that um, Scarlett Johansson, canceled as she may be, gives a performance of a lifetime. So good. Why is she canceled? What? Why do we um, cancel her? <laughs> <laughs> she keeps taking like roles as an Asian and Asian oh. actors are like, nope, <laughs> we exist. My, my roommate said, she said, I'm so excited to go see Jojo Rabbit and see two people of color in it, Taika and Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> she gave this terrible statement where she's like, I could play a tree if I wanted or like something oh, like outrageous. No. But her performance is this is really great. She yeah. plays JoJo's mom. Like that's the kind of mom I want to be. Exactly, that's the like, kind of mom I want to be too. Never will be, but would like to be. What What about her uh, character as a mom? 
is enviable. Uh, The whimsy with which she deals with being a single mom. You talked about the whimsy in the movie. She is the most whimsical of all the characters, even though Mm -hmm. she's dealing with the darkest stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that she clearly is the hero of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, There is a point in this movie where the tone goes from tone A very sharply to tone B. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think Uh that works for some people. I think it may not work for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, What did you guys think? Were you on board with that sharp left turn or was it too jarring for you? Mm. I'm all about like realistic and like that's kind of how life is. That things, well, and I think, you know, it takes a sharp turn, but it does, I mean, it's getting bad leading up to that. He's, you know, digging through potatoes and trying to find digging through the trash that that's before that right when no it's after trash. is that after it okay. is after yeah. oh, never mind. um but i for me i think that like that's life sometimes is it throws you a very intense curveball and i did not see that coming yeah uh, i think that's life in war especially mm-hmm. i yeah. think it was a good portrayal of how drastically your life can change when your country is in the middle of a war. Yeah. Um, and how tough that is to deal with, especially when you're a 10-year-old boy. I have a question about the mom. Maybe one of you can answer for me, and maybe this is an obvious answer, but I was a little bit confused. So in the film, mom is secretly betraying the Nazis. Well, yeah, she's recruiting people to this new party, like an independent yeah. party. And she's obviously having to do that in the quiet. Um, and her son, Jojo like stumbles upon that and finds out that the mom is basically betraying the Nazis and it's like hard for him to stomach that. Why did she not tell him or like let him in? I was very confused. Well, she about has that. that conversation with, I I can't believe I don't remember the name, but the Jewish girl who they're hiding in the attic. And mm-hmm. she's like, you don't understand him. He's, he is a fanatic. He's so zealot. He's a zealot. He was so disappointed when he found out his grandfather wasn't blonde. Oh, yeah. She just doesn't think that he would respond well. Okay. Was my reading of it. And I think it's I think it's also a really good cover to like like no mom who has such a fanatic kid would be working for the resistance. Interesting. Yeah, and, I think that's true. And like that kind of adds a little bit of um deniability almost to her and it protects him too i guess because yeah he's less likely to get caught up in like this treason you know that that she's gonna eventually suffer for so yeah i guess i understand that um do we do we think this is an oscar contender i hope so i mean i haven't seen what else is coming out but like it's better than almost every film that was nominated last year. Oh, is it better than Green Book, though? <laughs> <laughs> Just barely. Did you see that, like, someone was like, I'll show you, and they're making, like, an actual movie about having to travel with the Green Book? It's called Traveling While Black, and it's like, you think you're going to make a movie oh, about yeah. the Green Book? We'll show you how to make a movie about the Green really? Book. And I'm like, good for you. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you? What about you guys? Do you think it's Oscar contender? I think it's best screenplay contender. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Costume. Um, I also, I really enjoyed the costumes and the sets. 
Yeah. As well. So I, I thought they did a really good job with that. I read a thing about that, um, how Tyga had kind of himself stumbled onto some research that said that actually during the war in Germany, things were pretty vibrant and colorful. Hmm. Um, and usually in movies, they portray war-torn Germany as bleak and gray and mm-hmm. sad, but he wanted to bring life into it. And so he chose that color palette and cinematography for that reason, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I could, I could see that being a contender for in one of those categories as well. Yeah. So uh, do we think people will take issue with this not being a movie about the Holocaust and it being a movie about a German boy? There are so many World War II movies that are not about the Holocaust. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't understand that criticism in the first place. Sure. I mean, there right? was that one last year about the the girl that fell in love with the you know, the Jewish girl that fell in love with the Nazi, like we've, we've gone into that territory before and not to say that it was appropriate, but mm-hmm. I would hope that this wouldn't be the one that people take offense to. And, and I mean, if there's something that I'm missing, I would totally be open to hearing that, but I would hope that I think there have been much more inappropriate takes than this. Yes, absolutely. There was a scene where I felt, I think it was played for laughs, and I just, I wasn't super comfortable laughing. And it's the pool scene where he says, what do you do if you find a Jew? And he's like, well, we kill them. We kill uh, Sam Rockwell, who I thought was great in this. Oh, yeah, he was good. Oh, really good in this. He's like, well, we kill them. We kill a few other people. It's kind of a drawn out process. And it was just kind of like... Mm-hmm. We're just killing a lot of Jews, and it, it just didn't quite land right with me. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I was being overly sensitive, but there were a few yeah, of those well, moments where I was like, "I'm kind of uncomfy." Uh, yeah, too soon. Still, uh, we probably shouldn't be like making light of the fact that all these people were brutally well, murdered. And I think it was supposed to be like these yeah. people don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, and, but yeah. I just was incapable of getting to that perspective. Yeah, I gotcha. Oh. Um, there were a couple moments where they got, I was just like, die, don't, don't, don't call it the Holocaust, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. The Holocaust wasn't great, so. Yeah. Any other parting thoughts? Everybody, I think everybody, I would recommend this movie to all people, actually. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, not everybody will like it because it's so whimsical. It has a very Wes Anderson vibe. So we talked about this. I was mm-hmm. concerned it was going to be a Wes Anderson ripoff. Yeah. Uh, and it did not feel that way to me. At no, all. it didn't. But it was more like Wes Ander- a Wes Anderson film than it was like Schindler's List. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I could see the type of person who finds Wes Anderson films to be not something that they're interested in. I could see that type of person also not liking this film. Sure. I mean, it's goofy. It's goofy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think the majority I also of people enjoy it. Seen- I, other than Thor, I haven't seen any of his other movies, which I know is like, I need to fix that. Um, <laughs> but I think, but that's another thing. I heard a lot of people as we were coming out of it, like, oh, that was so great. It reminded me so much of Hunt for the Wilder People and what we do in the shadows. And we need to go watch those. And, huh. um, I heard several people talking about that as we came out of the theater. Those are both excellent. If you like those. You'll like this. I would start with Hunt with the Wilder People and then do What We Do in the Shadows. Okay. 
if you're if you're dipping your toe into the Taika pond. <laughs> Might as well. Shelby, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yes, thanks for having me. Yeah. If you haven't yet, get your tickets to see Shelby tell a story this Friday at Strangerville Live, 8 p.m. at Kiln in downtown Salt Lake City. You can get tickets by going to the events tab at thebeehive.com. Eli will be hosting. I will be sitting and watching. It's going to be a great <laughs> show. We're so excited to have Shelby sharing a story with us. Mm-hmm. Um, remember to leave I'm us. Excited. Yeah, we're all excited. Remember to leave us a good rating and review. Five stars only. If it's not five stars, get out of here. Why are you even listening to this? <laughs> hate um, listening. People hate listening. <laughs> Next week, we will be discussing the Paul Rudd series on Netflix, Living With Yourself. Give it a watch if you haven't already. And we will talk with you then. Thanks so much. <laughs>